Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and I am obsessed with all things branding, marketing, numbers, and helping you live a lifestyle full of abundance. On this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the person you were meant to be. I am a mom and a wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 17 years into building a multi six-figure mental health business along with multiple streams of income. I teach you how to use my top secrets to trade that employee mindset for a CEO mindset, build generational wealth, move from serving your community from a one-to-one model into a one-to-many model, and most importantly, to live abundantly. Will I hold anything back? Of course not. This includes the good, the bad, and the ugly of business ownership. I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic, going after big business goals, having fun, and making a significant impact in your community. Think of this as your one-stop shop to business growth mixed with a girl's night out. Get ready to dive into some juicy hacks to be more abundant and watch me challenge you to rise up to become the person that you were meant to be. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the YouTube Live version of the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and the number one therapist business coach. And we have a very special episode today and a very special guest. And so from time to time, I invite out clinicians from our community, whether they are growing their private practice, whether they are growing and scaling a group practice and or digital products. And so we have not had a clinician come back and talk about group practice in over six months, and we are well overdue. So before we bring her on, I want to introduce her properly, just so that y'all can show her some love in the comment box, right? Um, Before we get started, if this is your first time tuning into the YouTube channel, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and that you hit that notification bell so that you can know any single time that we drop a YouTube interview, we drop a workshop and even a behind the scenes vlog of how to run a mental health business. So let's go ahead and dive in. Janelle Thompson is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New York and a licensed professional counselor in the state of New Jersey, y'all. Janelle is also the owner of Simply Redefined Wellness and Counseling, an all-virtual telehealth group practice, and she's dedicated to providing mental health counseling and clinical resources to individuals, couples, families of color throughout New Jersey and New York. Janelle and her team provide talk therapy, groups, workshops, coaching, and training to individuals, couples, schools, organizations, and churches using an integrative approach, utilizing strength-based services, and of course, one of my favorites, faith-based approach. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Janelle on the screen. (laughs) Hi. How are you doing this Friday? Great. It's a great Friday. Yes. Thanks for coming on. I am super excited because this is an arena that we don't have too much on our podcast, but a lot of therapists, uh, some of them desire to have a group practice. Some of them don't know what they're going to be walking into (laughs) to have a group practice. So I thought this would be a good time. It is happy June mid-year and... There's a lot that has changed even for you, you know, in the last 18 months, but specifically the last 30 days. All right. (laughs) Let's go ahead and jump into it. And so um, I always ask any person who I have on the podcast, what got you into this field, Um, whether it be counseling, social work, therapy, what got you here? So actually, my story is a little bit different. I started off in public health. So I was getting my master's in public health, and I ended up switching over into counseling because it was a few classes that I was taking, and I was in the having to like observe a lot of research things. And I recognized how I was really good at active listening. I recognized how strong I was. And one of my advisors had mentioned, have you thought about like pursuing counseling? And I was just like, yeah. Like, you know, friends talk about it like, hey, you give good advice or that common thing that most clinicians will often say. And I was just like, okay. And so in that time frame, I actually had some things going on health wise and family wise. And being at the school I was at, it was very stressful. Like 
very, very stressful. And I remember having to take a medical leave of absence. And during this time of taking that leave of absence, I was working for a faith-based organization that had a partnership with another school, which was a Christian school. And they actually had a connection. So I was working and they did a presentation about a counseling program. And I was just like, Ah, maybe. Let's see. And so at the time for that particular program, you had to do like an assessment, like they just take this long two, three hour test that you have to take that really just checks your mental state before you go into this type of work. And so I remember I had to pay like $500 for this exam to take it. And one of my friends, yeah, it was pretty hefty. And one of my friends was like, hey, Actually, I believe that this is a path that you're gonna you need to go on and I'm gonna invest in you, right? And so she actually gave me the check to pay for the test that day. And so everything after that, I actually had like they waived a bunch of different fees for me for the program and I ended up just transitioning over into counseling. And then after that, everything else is here we are. Divine time. Divine time, divine connection with alignment. Yep, all of that. As if you're at the right place at the right time. Like that. See, I learned something new. I didn't know that. Yep. <laughs> uh, some of our mastermind students are on here. Let me know if y'all knew that. You know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So, so I mean, I don't think nothing happens by accident. Yeah. We can say all day long, we stumbled into the field. No, yeah. we didn't. Mm-mm. It was in our design yep. and we finally found the door. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. And so you went through school and what made you decide to want to have a business because I, w- I just want to jump straight to the yeah. chase because some of our um, interviews, we've talked about school, but mm-hmm. I think we've heard enough about school. Let's talk about business. So what made you want to open up a business? So back, this is about two years ago, I um, signed up for Dr. TK's mailing list. At this time, I think we were on the other app. I forgot the name of it. Oh, and you were just like, Telegram, right? And we were just doing like the tips, you know, that you would send out. And so at that time, I was working for a nonprofit agency and I was doing functional family-based therapy in-home for youth that were previously incarcerated or and trying to reduce their sentence time. And so I was doing that for a while and... I always knew that I saw myself having a business, right? I saw myself wanting to be able to manage my own time, have more freedom. Coming out of school, I was just like, I am not going to be making the salary that everybody says they make. <laughs> and I also said to myself, I need I need to have a schedule that is freeing, right? And like not feeling like I'm bogged down all the time. And so I knew for a really long time that I wanted to pursue private practice. It was just about getting all the experience that you need and building up to the place to be able to do it and finding the right team and finding the right people to support me in that process. Mm-hmm. And so I basically end up, In my, I would say three years, four years at the agency, the first two years, I just stuck with what I knew. And then I started at another group practice in that time frame to really learn the ins and outs of that said group practice at the time. It was a great experience. I learned all the things not to do in a group practice and all the things to do in a group practice. And so it was a great stepping stone, right? And then from that, I segued. I got married. We moved to New Jersey. And I remember commuting back and forth into the city cell. And so I, I was just like, I'm tired of field work. For most people that are clinicians, you start off in the field, right? You're starting off in home treatment. And I was just like, the commute back and forth to New York was draining. And so I was like, I can't do this for long. My husband was like, you can't do this for long. And so I had transitioned into another um, program within my agency that allowed me to be a supervisor and a program lead. And so from that standpoint, I was able to shift and really start to focus on business because I wasn't doing the one-to-one contact as much. By this point, I was fully licensed. And so it was like, okay, I'm taking a break, kind of doing more clinical stuff, um, administration stuff, supportive stuff for a program. And then I was able to work on my business. So after nine to five, (laughs) being able to actually write out what I wanted, what I wanted my business to be called. And so the business was started at least two years ago, part time, right? And just me trying to figure out and investing in things that would help me grow, right? And so I knew that I wanted to invest in a coach. I knew that I wanted to invest in someone that would help me get to where I wanted to be. And I found out to TK and I was just like, I'm sold. <laughs> so let, let, Well, let's actually pick up from that point because yeah. something that we, and when I say we, meaning when we do these interviews, um, we talked a lot about like DTA and mm-hmm. sometimes I'll reference like, you know, there's a small percentage of clinicians that are in our mastermind and you got to be in a very special place 
mentality wise, in terms of your maturity, being able to go forward in your business and go all in, those individuals are like hand selected because mostly everybody in the mastermind already had a private practice, right? Yep. I think only three of y'all, like last year, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then two other people. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm going to take everybody back to like November 2020 because people have seen the video on YouTube. They like she is the face of the uh, the whole testimonial, right? <laughs> but um, and it's interesting because I think that your testimonial, because you were like a voiceover in the video, yeah, it triggered some clinicians who wanted to come to that event this year to say it looks like it was fun. This is what one young lady she was like, it looks like it's fun. It looks like they learned a lot, but where are they now? And then it made me think like, yo, we should do where are they now? And so we started all these interviews like here they are, yeah. you know, and so. Coming full circle, what was it like to be at a live event during a critical time? It sounds like looking at your timeline where you were in the position where you wanted to make a decision in terms of what direction you wanted to go. So what was like, what did that event do for you? It sparked great community, right? So I feel like we call ourselves the Vegas baby crew. (laughs) And so from that crew, right, I feel like it just helped me to solidify, like, one, I'm not alone, right? And so being a Black clinician, working for yourself can sometimes maybe feel a little bit isolating. And so even at the former group practices I was at, it wasn't a lot of Black clinicians. I can count this on my one hand, right? And so it was good to, one, be around multiple people in the room that were all Black and doing the same type of work. It also showed me like I I was in a different stage than everyone else, right? And so it was I was able to see the growth, right, of all the other people in the room that were in your programs, right? And so for me, I was just in the the Telegram group, and so now it was just like, okay, go to this mastermind. I remember like it's COVID, and I remember talking to my husband like. Yeah, I really feel like I need to go to this. I know it's COVID, but I really feel like I need to be at this. <laughs> and I remember praying about it and then getting feeling like, yes, let's do this and go for it. And so building that community was crucial, right? And just where I am today for the practice itself, but also just in terms of friendships, um, building and having tools and resources. I remember you talked about the, te- the, um, the content buckets. And so we were talking about different things. I'm like, what are some different projects that you want to work on? We talked about like capacity. And I remember one of the clinicians doing her um, hot seat. She was just like 10,000 things on her list. And I was just like, yeah, we don't want to do that. (laughs) And so thinking about all these things, it was a great place to be. And so even at that point, I think I was still waiting for my license to come in the mail. You were, you were waiting for it. Right? I was waiting. I was done with hours. I was, I was group cruising. It's the pandemic. So hours, like, you, I submitted my stuff, like, months and months ago, and I was just sitting, waiting. And so it was a great place to be waiting and planning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think planning out what I wanted, getting really clear about my vision, I think that was what it really sparked for me, a mindset, like a mindset shift as well. Um, and an abundance mindset. I think, you know, sometimes, even though I even said, like, I knew early on, like, I didn't want to make a certain amount coming into the field. And I'm like, they got to be another way. Like, I can't get into the field to help people and then be broke. Like, this can't be it, right? <laughs> I can't get into the field and just be broke. Like, I don't, I'm a firm believer that God doesn't want me to just be pouring out everything and not also be mm-hmm. able to take care of my family and do the necessary steps. And so being in a room where everyone was doing something, whether it was a product or expanding on their service or working on a book or just trying to drill down what they wanted their business to look like was really good. And then I think the other piece to it was I identified so much with Dr. TK in her journey of like different career paths that you had shared from working with youth that were juvenile justice youth to youth doing nonprofit work to all these different things. And so for me, it was like I could see myself through Dr. TK in the process as well. And being able to see someone, I would say at least 12 steps ahead of you, right, is so good because then you get to like, no. And I remember you said like, I made all these mistakes, so y'all don't got to make them. And I remember that sticks with me. And so- like, please don't, right, please. Exactly. And so having someone be that honest, I remember even just your transparency, um, about different things, about where you were in your business, how different changes you've made over time. And I was like, wow, that's I got all of this for just this amount of money? Like, okay, th- I got to, you know, I got to get in where I need to, whatever I need to do to be on the next thing. And so when you mm-hmm. offered elite coaching, it was a no-brainer. It was just like, yes, we need to do this. Yeah. We need to be here. 
That, that's phenomenal. Look, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to like distract, I don't want to uh, distract you because I'm looking at all these comments. Look, so your uh, fellow group practice sister Shanika, Hi, Shanika. <laughs> yeah, uh, to see the expansion yes. growth because we gonna get to that yes. one. Right? But I really want to highlight this one too. Like, you can't just be in the field just to be broke yeah. because that's the that's the I'm gonna say the underlining theme of a lot of the things that we talk about in the community. We've talked about capacity. We talk about strategies and. One of the things that we're constantly highlighting in our hot seat calls for the mastermind or in DTA coaching calls is that at the end of the day, I can give you all the strategies in the book. You can watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, read books, go to online courses and get all of these strategies. But what I want to highlight and it's going to come out more as Janelle talks about where she is now, it requires you to take massive action. It requires you not to give up. It's going to potentially require some tears. It may require you sacrificing time, relationships, people getting mad at you because you don't want to get down and go out no more right now. But sometimes those sacrifices that are seasonal are required mm-hmm. in order for you to even adopt the mindset of the next level person and do the work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad that you had mentioned the money part out the gate because and and investing, because sometimes people, especially mental health providers, Mm -hmm. you know, we may be a little timid to invest simply because we feel like, and we have invested so much free time and paid time with student loans already. So like, I got to invest some more, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go. So you were in the position, look, you getting a whole lot of, Lord, ain't that worth it, right? Yeah. You said them tears are real, okay? Yes, they are. <laughs> so, okay. So post-event, let's talk about yeah. taking action. What mm-hmm. did you do when you were in the incubator? Mm-hmm. Not this level of information. And it was a lot. It y'all was a lot, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think y'all was three days back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, breaks. Yep. So it was three days. What did you do when you left? So when I left, my mind was going on a thousand. Well, every day I feel like I was on a thousand. So I had to just get dump everything, right? Like literally brain dump everything, write out everything. So what did I want? Like, what did I see myself as a clinician? What was my niche market that I wanted to reach, right? Who was my client, my avatar? Like getting super even more clear about those things and then understanding what was my specialty, right? I think sometimes in therapy, we study a bunch of different things, but like really niching down to know like, this is what I want to focus on. This is what my market is. And what, and I think another piece for me was what was naturally gravitating towards me as well. Mm, right attraction, attraction. Yeah. like what was what was i actually attracting and why was i attracting that as well right and is that something that i wanted to attract and so i had to like really pay attention to that and then understanding like how i wanted to impact the people i wanted to like do i just want to service black and brown communities right do i want to branch out like i remember going back and forth feel like okay maybe i shouldn't maybe i should branch it out. like doing all these different things in my head and the key thing is in my head right? and so i had to really dump it on paper and really write out the plan and make it completely plain and i remember writing out okay what would this look like a year from now what would this look like five years from now what does this look like 10 years from now and i remember really taking some time to pray about it as well and i remember when i started to actually visualize 10 years from now it was mind-blowing right i was like oh that's that's a little bit too much let me go back to the let me go back to year one right because it just feels overwhelming to think that you gotta to see all of that to move in that capacity but i was like i know i can get there but also sticking and saying, okay, what do I need to focus it on now, right? And now for me meant thinking about, all right, that means you're going to leave your job. That's what that means, right? Like eventually you're going to have to leave your job. So on the way back from that trip, I wrote my resignation letter. So I only, we'll talk about this later on. <laughs> Wait, say that again. I wrote, so like- I wrote my resignation letter. So this is two years ago, y'all. Two years ago, I wrote yeah. my resignation letter knowing that eventually I would have to leave. <laughs> so I, Dr. K, no, I just left this year, but it was written, right? <laughs> and so I wrote that resignation letter and I had it just sitting on the computer. But that was part of my thing to myself. Like, I'm going to know the timing when I'm supposed to submit this in. But I took the the actual step to say, you're not always going to stay in the role that you are. You have a lot to offer, like knowing your worth, knowing your value and being able to then say, okay, at some point, we're going to have to leave. 
<laughs> we gonna have to leave. And then even in leaving, I really feel like this year, how I left and, and Dr. KK knows like how I left was on a great, great space, but also like getting to know what I want to do with my time, right? And having mm-hmm. an additional offer to do other things if I wanted to, just having that flexibility, right? But I probably wouldn't have known that until I actually made a decision to know, okay, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to branch out, even while being fr- afraid, right? Like, because all of this mm-hmm. is scary. It's so scary, right? But you do a skit. Mm-hmm. You got to do a skit. <laughs> so that's the that's the biggest piece. I got all my sticky notes. <laughs> Let me read to the people. Okay, I'm like, man, I wrote a book. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, because I feel like somebody missed something. Yeah. And so I'm going I'm to I'm read just in bullets, say what Janelle talked about. Because even though we said this was the, the three key things that we want to know before going into group practice, this is just one. Well, actually, we didn't even got to the first one. This is just like an abstract intro right. for y'all to get ready. Yeah. Okay. So what was clear after she left the event was that she needed to identify a niche because when it comes down to identifying a niche, you can get super focused from the niche. Then you realize, okay, I really need to see what magnetizes toward me because to me, that leads to true purpose, passion, and happiness, right? You don't want to be doing something because everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. it. Like that's how then, Ooh, this was the, to me, the, the, the wealth is like, you wanted to make an impact. How can I make an impact serving the niche that I chose and them wanting to work with me. So like, that was her first three. I was like, okay, you know, Um, but what was most important, let's talk about now taking action because all of that is all mentality. I want everybody to hear that. You can, and you said it, you can have all this in your head, but until it's written down in a plan so that you can actually execute it, it's just an idea. It's just a dream. And I can't coach dreams. (laughs) That that should be the name of our program. Your tagline, that's your your new tagline. Okay, hashtag. All right. But let me go through these. So she says she wrote out the plan. She realized that when she sat down and thought about her longer than one year goal, it was overwhelming. And that was key that I wanted to like probably highlight to some people who are watching now or later, because this is why actually most people quit is that they think about all the steps maybe future investments that they have to make to learn a new skill set. Yeah. Then the later delegate it, but because you don't want to sit down and launch no group practice, you don't want to sit down with an employment attorney. You don't want to sit down and learn how to launch a digital product and have a runaway. You throw in the towel and then you just settle. So what she did is she decided it's not going to scare me. It's yeah. overwhelming. I'm going to do it scared, but let me scale back and let me look at the one year goal though, because that's where the action takes place. But then she went a step further and wrote a resignation letter. And what that speaks to, just for anyone who's listening who may want to leave their job, is just because you write the resignation letter doesn't mean that you have mm-hmm. to leave instantaneously. But but the point of live events, especially the one that we have, they're called like VIP experiences, pop-up masterminds where you can mastermind with like-minded people, is that you're going to be ignited. But what will you do with that fire? Because I'm not with you when you leave. I'm with you, but I'm not yeah. physically with you. And what you did is just decide to say, you know what? I know it's possible. So I'm going to write it out. And you did it scared because you wanted flexibility. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it because we got some people who want to also practice. Yeah. No big, like what you were going into, we're going to say that for last in terms of what happened when you bowed out gracefully. Okay. Before that, can you identify three things that if mm-hmm. anybody's listening who wants to open up a group practice, what they should know before moving forward. Yeah. So the three things is you got to have systems in place as just as a clinician in general, before you even start to think about a group practice, right? If you as a solo clinician don't have your systems in place, it's not going to be there for your group practice, right? And so literally going through and understanding what are your systems that you use on an everyday basis. So your intake, right? You know, from outside of the clinical stuff that we normally do, like your back office, like understanding what do you need for your business to be sustainable, for it to grow, right? Understanding whether it's social media systems, right? Whether it's going to be your um, EHR system, right? So your systems are everything. Oh, that's one of my group clinicians, <laughs> right? So systems, right? Understanding, right? What are those things that you really 
have to have in place, right? And the way that you learn that is from other people, <laughs> right? You think you know, right? But in asking, you get exposed to better systems, systems that are more efficient, right? My first year of the business, I invested, I want to say at least 95% back of what I made back into the business. Yeah. And that's because mm, I had the good. flexibility of my full-time job. And so I was like, let me take this year, right, to really think about what systems are important, right? Email marketing, my website, what do I need? And over time, readjusting those systems as necessary based upon, do I really need this? Am I using it, right? Um, uh-huh. Is it effective, right? Funding, right? Like all of these different pieces, understanding what systems you need in place. So I would say, get your systems in order. Like that's number one. Uh-huh. Like if you if they're not together individually, they won't be together for your group. And walk mm-hmm. through your systems before you start thinking about group, pra- group practice. Because when you have a clinician or even an intern, can you replicate and give them what they need to do without you being present? Can they run Ooh. your business? Because <laughs> what you just spoke to in so many words is when, you know, therapists walking around, I want time freedom. Yeah. Well, how do you get time freedom? Yeah. You got to have things in place to then delegate them yeah. out mm-hmm. and trust. That the person that you hire can do it. Can do it. Yep. And I would say your systems, one big thing I learned from just in your program was automation. Like, what are the things that I can put on Mm. automation? Right. Um, There are some things that you don't need to do. I learned how to, you know, really take a note and make it a little bit more effective and less time for me to have to spend writing notes. Right. Which is, I feel like every clinician's like, nightmare. We're like, oh, we got to write notes, but it's part of the job, right? So how do you kind of automate some of those things so it's a little bit more easier for yourself? Um, thinking about systems in terms of the scheduling of how you are setting up your finances, the flow of things, like different things in those that nature, but you really got to focus on getting your systems in order. That would be number one. Yeah. Okay. So then, okay, so we got systems and then mm-hmm. you gave some examples. Yeah. Um, what would you say is number two for a clinician wanting to move forward? Or we're also speaking to group practices that are already running, mm-hmm. but not profitable yeah. at the degree where they should be. Yeah. I would say number two would be consult your money team. So my money team consists of my accountant, right? It's going to consist of legal. So that can be an employment attorney, an attorney, um, an HR specialist, right? Consult those individuals because you're not like, there's a difference between you working in your business and working on your business, right? And so those two, that team is going to help you to work on your business, right? And so the growth that you want to see, projections, right? One of the greatest things I had a conversation with my accountant was last year and planning for this year was, okay, once we hire, your income is going to go really high, right? And so in that aspect, we want to think about what are some ways to save money? What are some ways to effectively save money, um, reduce taxes, right? Things that we don't normally talk about because we're just, oh, I made, I made 10K, right? But you want to be taxed on 10K? Not really, right? And so understanding what that looks like, understanding funding resources, right? Understanding what's available to you, knowing the legalities. Like I'm licensed in two states that looks completely different, right? And so I need to be aware of what that looks like when it comes to malpractice, what that looks like when it comes to malpractice on a group level, which is different from malpractice on a solo level, right? I need to understand what are the laws of... um, clinicians seeing clients, right? Like all these different things as it pertains to where your group practice is located. And the other piece of that team is also outside of the accountant and legal and the HR person is also another person that's in group practice, right? Mm. That's doing well, it well. That, I know some of them are on here yes. because that's related to, I'm going to say, I'm going back to mindset, circles mm-hmm. of influence, not doing stuff by yourself yep. and, ma- and ultimately masterminding because a lot of the therapist community don't even know what masterminding is. Yeah. And I think masterminding is one of those key pieces. Shaniqua is on here. Shaniqua is, God, thank you for Shaniqua, right? She already know. Um, Shaniqua really like helped me in this process. And there's a few other ladies that were ECM that really helped in this process. But I think mapping out those processes and the willingness, right, to share information. I also mm-hmm. c- connected with another um, group practice owner that was in New York and New Jersey as well. Like just because, 
they're not your competition. What I offer is what I offer. What my practice offers is what we offer, and what they offer is what they offer. And so I was had a conversation. They shared information. They they shared attorneys. They shared like legal information or like going about certain things with billing, credentialing, all these different things. So reaching out to a community to ask, like when you expanded, what did that look like? What mm-hmm. were the things that you needed to have in place? What were the things you wish you had in place before you started, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your first person and where you are now. And they, they're honest in conversation. So that person can really help you to navigate some of the things that they maybe went through and they were like, oh, I should never done that. And mm-hmm. get into a better place doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes or you're not going to have to still figure out things, but it's just giving you the knowledge and the understanding of how to proceed in something. And yeah. so having those people are crucial because we can compare systems. We can talk about what's missing. We can talk about, okay, I'm using this system and it costs this much. All right. How effective is it? Because sometimes you may have four systems over here and this person got one system that does everything that your four system does. And this one's a little bit cheaper, even though you thought it looks higher. Right. But when you look at your numbers, then you can be able to say, you know what, like this is actually a different um, outcome. So I would say that Money team, got to get your money team. Talk to them, consult, ask the questions. Nothing is stupid. Like everything is on the table because you want to make sure that you have, and they will tell you what some of the systems that you need to have as well, Mm -hmm. right? And so they will help you get to number one. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight two things that you had said. One of them, it's related to the taxable income. So like some people believe, oh, I made $10,000 and you didn't. Because like, did you do your expenses? Number two, um, with that, like how I actually want to pose this as a question because it came up with you, but it has come up with other clinicians, just not in like our group setting. And so how do you deal with a tax professional CPA when they understand the world of coaching? They see your investment in coaching, whether it's your contract, your pre-discussion with them to decide if it's the right move. Yeah. How do you talk to them about how you see the benefit of it and how they're looking at it from the money perspective, especially if y'all don't agree? Yeah, I would say so. Find the right person. You might have to go through one, two, three people. Right. But find the right person and make sure that you're sharing your vision with them. Right. Like sharing. Okay, this is where I am right now. I want to leave what it, projections look like, right? If I was supposed to stay exactly where I am right now, what does that look like long term for just me, right? If I was supposed to add on clinicians, right? What does that look like? And understanding and sharing with them the vision that you have so they can match that energy. Because I think until I actually shared what my vision was with my um, accountant, then she was able to like, put together a plan for just me, right? And so doing my personal and business stuff. And then we talked and they were like, all right, well, here's what we can do as a retainer, which will work out cheaper at the end of the year and understanding what I needed and what those resources looked like and also referring me to things as I needed them, right? And so I think having and sharing that conversation with your accountant, your bookkeeper, like so that they are really clear about, what it is that you want to do. And so then they know like when you're going left and you should be going right, they're going to redirect you. Right. And so if I'm building something, it's like, all right. Right. I was going to say, let them redirect you. If it makes sense financially, because I was going to say on the other side, some people will make, when I'm talking about investments, I mean like buying stuff, right. Some people will buy stuff and justify why they need it, including coaching programs and logistically, it doesn't make sense. Let's just say if your pattern is not going all in with other programs you just bought last year. Like if you didn't finish yeah. those, if, I, if I'm if i your bookkeeper or your tax person and I didn't see an ROI in your bank account or it ain't coming mm-hmm. or I don't see mm-hmm. no launch money coming or no group practice yeah. hiring coming, yeah. then yeah. why would I agree? Even though that's your vision, we need to have a deeper discussion about yep. you moving your money in this direction and you're not doing the work. It's not that this program ain't good. So I wanted to highlight that because it still goes down to people believing in your dream because you're showing up and doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And you do the work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you got to share. You have to you have to open your mouth and actually tell the people that you work with what that vision is, right? So that they can partner with you. If you don't share it, then they won't know. I'm not saying to share all your vision with everybody, right? But the key people that's right. supposed to support you in your business and help you grow 
that's who you want to really connect with. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so far we've gotten systems, we got automation, um, with like money team, mm-hmm. right? Too. Um, what would you say is your big number three? Know your avatar for your, your clinicians that you want to hire. If you're looking at building a group practice, you cannot go mm-hmm. into it and not know the type of individual that you want to sit at the table with you. Yes, they are going to increase profit, do all these things, but they're also a representation of your brand, they're a representation of your business. And so you want to make sure that that person matches the energy. You want to make sure that they match. Their personalities can be different, but you want to make sure that it's a match to what your vision is. And so I'm extremely grateful because I think in my process of interviewing, <laughs> I went through at least 75 applications have were actually that came in, right? But it's only four people. It's only four people, right? And so mm. I was super picky. Conversion is low when you're looking for the right person. Exactly. I said conversion is low when you're looking for the right person. Yep, exactly. And so it had to be a good fit. And that made my process very extra, I would say, right? So it wasn't just like you applied and then that was it. There was a questionnaire that you had to fill out. We had a group interview with me on there interviewing the candidate with me we did some role plays i need to know just because you say that you're you're good clinically like how do you really respond in this role play right now and what does that look like what can you bring to the table of clinician for growth of the practice and what does that look like for the community right so they have to match your values i Mm -hmm. think the people that you hire have to match your values and they have to match the vision of what you want for your business. And that's why you got to get super clear about the vision. Because if you don't know, then you can't articulate. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, so we have a lot of comments in the box. One of them looks like, you said she your team member? <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh-huh. okay. Right. I'm like, okay, come on through with support. Synergy. Okay. So <laughs> before we segue into the last portion, we got systems with automation. We have consult with your money team um, and sharing your vision with your money team so that they can help you, even if it's that they support you, maybe they have to slow you down. Like, okay, we'll do this, but don't mm-hmm. do this, you know? Um, and then number three was know your avatar for the for the clinicians that you're hiring. Um, and just like, let me just add this on to that. If anyone out there has ever been a clinical supervisor, right? Um, whether you're hiring interns or licensed clinicians, we're in a field where you really have to use your clinical and instinctual <laughs> skill sets because you're trusting and you have to learn how to trust other people because they're going to be taking the clients that come to your business behind closed doors, AKA you're not in the session with them outside of training. And so take your time hiring, take your time building your systems. But when I say take your time, I don't mean like take five years, you know, like get yeah. things done. So before we go into like what your group practice makeup is now and how people can mm-hmm. reach you and your clinicians to get assisted yeah. across the globe, because you do workshops, but also in yes. New York and in New Jersey, if we have clinicians that are in DTA, because I know you didn't do DTA, but you know DTA yeah. is one of the yeah. biggest like programs in terms of the amount of students. If those students have been with us for a while and they are thinking about scaling their business and or growing a group practice, who do you think they need to become before they consider applying? Like, what do they need to have in order? Because we can help them build the systems. I want to put that out there. Yeah. We, everything we talked about, we can help you with that. We have that system. We yeah. can give it to you and then you go and run with it and do your own thing. Right. But mm-hmm. who do they need to be to even consider applying? Because applications open up in the fall, but there are certain things that you need to have in order before considering that. I would say mindset. Your mindset has to be not in a poverty-based mindset. And the reason why I say that, like, because it's easy to think like you're just exchanging time for money, right? But when you're making an investment in something, it's a long-term, one, it's a long-term investment. And it's also an investment that's going to require your time, your energy. And if you just like wasting money, then cool, right? But I think (laughs) you really want to think about, can you, at this space and time, can you carve out time to work on your business? Can you carve out time to do the homework, right? I, For me, like, I may not be at every call, but 
Dr. K knows I'm doing the actual work, right? Like every single, like I'll go back and review things. I'm like, all right. And it could have been something that was out two months ago, right? But I'm going back to it now because this is where I'm at in my business right now. And so I think mm-hmm. mindset has to be that you're not concerned about everybody else that's coming into the program. Like, it's not about that. It's really about where you are. Be real and honest with yourself about where you are. Be real and honest about what type of emotional support you need as well, right? Because that impacts how we show up in our business, how we're going to show up for to have a new team. Um, and really think about, can I dedicate time to this process right now? Because if you don't have the time, then probably don't do it, right? Because if right now the time, and your time can look different. When I say time, it's like, can you carve out an extra hour out of your week to just work on your business? The more that you grow, it's going to take extra time. I was telling Dr. K yesterday, like I recognize I got to make some shifts because I'm going to have to work on some other stuff. And so what I thought I could do, eh. and being able to know that that time that you're working on the stuff is for your growth, it's for your business growth, it's for your business's development. And so the biggest mindset shift has to be like, I'm doing this because of the vision that I have. Like, so you have to have a vision. If you don't have a vision, go back to the drawing board, develop the vision, right? And your mindset really has to be, I'm I'm wanting to invest in, in my business because I believe in my business. I believe in the impact that it's going to make in mm-hmm. my community. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. And as you, as you were talking, I'm like, oh man, I w- wish we had more time. Cause I would do a whole <laughs> segment about how do you show up during a coaching session? Cause that's what we've been talking about a lot in our mastermind yeah. with DTA is um, how you had mentioned, I-, I wanted to interrupt. I'm like, oh no, what do you have said? I mean, if you want to throw away money, that's cool. I said, oh no, don't throw money away in my program because mm-hmm. I don't want to, ha- I've never had to do this, but I don't want to lay off a coaching client. I've had mm-hmm. to lay off clients though. We talked about that. Yes, we talked about right? that. But when you choose to invest, especially if you're getting access to somebody at the mastermind level, whether it be access to other people that you otherwise probably they don't have time to make for you. I'm going to be quite mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. People make time for people that are on their same wavelength. Yes. So if you are like it doesn't mean that people won't mentor you, but we ain't about to mentor everybody for free. So don't get in Janelle's box asking, can you give me your whole template for your standard operating procedure? I do protect their time and I know they do as well, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. You know what I'm saying? Because it happens. Yeah. We want you to her love. We want you to go and follow her Instagram. We want yeah. you to go and check out her website and give her love for doing all this work. Because if y'all didn't know this from the beginning to now, she went to that event in November of 2020. Yeah. And I gave her, I'm going to slide this in here. I had like <laughs> gave her and her husband a homework assignment. I'm just going to go ahead and give y'all an assignment. And I said, we did the uh, editing videos from the uh-huh. February line. Mm-hmm. And even Chris, because he did the first video, yep. the photographer. And I was like, we were just all over here crying and stuff, you know. And so I was like, this is what I want you to do, Janelle. Because um, it was at the time where you're going to make this announcement in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recently. But I said, go watch the first video from November 2020 and just watch you, right? Mm-hmm. Watch the process of how you did that testimonial. Yeah. And then I want you to watch your testimonial with how you even spoke up yeah. your voice in this yeah. last testimonial. And I was like, that's you and your husband's homework assignment. <laughs> like, yeah. for the mastermind. <laughs> so let's take everybody full circle and then tell people yeah. how to find you and how yes. they can work with um, your clinicians. What ended up happening in this last 45 days yeah. made you realize your vision came a lot faster than you thought? Yeah. So one of my biggest things, and I would say this was March. So we're in the height of the pandemic, right? We're in the height of, like, as much as things have gone back to some normalcy, the remaining um, effects, especially in social service, is heightened because a lot of people have left, numbers are low. And so I end up feeling really stressed, (laughs) really overwhelmed, almost having a panic attack. And I remember I was like, I got to go. Like, now it's, it's now or never at this point. And I remember I put in the letter. And I remember, like, it was to the point I was doing getting work done, but I was just feeling overwhelmed, like, constantly overwhelmed. And I'm just, like, looking at my numbers, and I'm like, I'm actually losing money by staying at this nine, this nine to five when I can go into private practice and sustain the same income, right, and make more at the same time. And so I, I recognized that, and I was just like, yeah. So I had a conversation with my husband. I put in my resignation letter that was written how many years ago? Just changed the the person, right? 
And I sent it and it was bittersweet because I truly enjoyed working with the team that I work with. I like, they are golden. And I was just like, we're going to do this though. And I did it. And so as of April, right, I left that job and now full time private practice, um, did the whole going through my systems, looking at my systems, right? Uh, figuring out what I need to take out, what I need to add, creating new systems, and then actually going through the interview process to hire clinicians, hire an intern. And so we are now here. It is June 3rd, <laughs> which is, it's crazy, right? It's June 3rd. And remember I said I was literally done. My last day at that job was in April, like the first week of April, right? And so we're now in June 3rd, full-time business ownership, full-time private practice, and now having three clinicians coming on. And I actually... There, two of them are in training, right, right, as we speak. And so just excited to really see the growth. The goal is to have four to five clinicians by the end of the year. Clinicians, full licensed clinicians, and at least um, an intern, two interns, right? And so graduate level interns. And so working towards that and excited because we just had our group photo shoot two weekends ago, and it was amazing. The energy was there, right? This is their first time meeting in person. Um, and I'm excited because they match my energy. They match the vision. They're excited. They're coming up with great ideas. I'm currently onboarding them. And so I'm figuring out things, like all the things I put together. I'm like, okay, we still got to edit. We still got to fix things and work through it. And so that is where I'm at right now. And so I'm excited. We are going to really be most of them have clients already lined up because I had a wait list. And so now it's just getting them more clients as we go out through the summer and thinking about what groups we're going to be holding and starting to promote for groups and workshops. And so you guys can find me at simplyredefining.com. You also can find me on the social media handle Simply Redefining and on Instagram. And that is the platform also where you'll start to see a rebrand happening um, with my other clinicians talking about uh, this process and talking about just therapy, mental health. We're focusing on grief. We're focusing on trauma. We're focusing on life transitions. And we're going to have a bunch of different things coming up, workshops. We're going to have um, trainings and just expanding things into not just the individual therapy side, but community-based things and also for corporations and companies as well and church as well. I We didn't get to talk about that a lot, but my one of the biggest things is faith-based and really helping people that are Christians understand that they can go to therapy too. Like they can pray and go to therapy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. helping to defeat that stigma and really push in and and knowing that to be a believer doesn't mean that you're boring, but like life can still be fun. You can still have fun and work through and get through healing the the things that you're, you're struggling with. So, yes. No, that's good. We have a lot of comments in the comment box. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through them. And then I want to tell the viewers and listeners too, if you have any questions, this would now be the time to drop them. So you know where to find her. Um, Just to do a quick recap before we pull some things on the Mm -hmm. screen is that I hope that by all of you listening to maybe the whole or bits and pieces of the interview that you also heard at least the message that I want y'all to have is that growing a group practice is not just about filling people's caseloads. Growing a group practice is about having a bigger impact than you, having your back office, your framework, your standard operating procedures, all the stuff that we probably ran away from at a job, probably because the person didn't make it fun or we were cleaning up stuff from somebody who didn't do their job before because that's why we don't like paperwork, (laughs) right? But at the end of the day, if you want to be a successful, long-term and profitable I'm not, I'm not talking about $10,000 a month, y'all. Like in 2022, that is no longer profitable. That is poverty. I'm being real, okay? Inflation is not a joke, especially in New York and California. That's like I'm living on yeah. the street. Like <laughs> $10,000. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's minimize anybody's financial hardship. But the truth of the matter is your goal from 2019, even from 2021, the rate of inflation right now has tripled. And so your goal has to shift yeah. or your lifestyle yeah. will right? So your mindset has to be on point. You have to be willing and ready because we didn't get into this, but I'll do a recap because we Mm -hmm. talked about it um, in our mastermind, um, which is when you want to hire other people, be under the mindset that 
you may be working more on the business in the beginning to get people yeah. up than you actually think. So don't yeah. think oh, because I got clinicians, I leverage my time. I can go on vacations. What you thought that was three hours a week, that's after you've onboarded them, after their caseload is halfway, if not all the way full, especially with interns. Intern, like think about an intern. The, the schools rely on the community to train them. They pack information to us for books, information. If you got a good professor, they might bring real life experiences into the classroom. If you got an old school professor, like I had had 99.9% of them, it was just book knowledge, group assignment, goodbye. You know what I'm saying? So I want you to be um, mindful of becoming, that's why I had her share her journey. Who do you have to become to get the results that she has? And it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen fast because she was super focused. And so I have Marlo. She had a, um, a, a, a good amount of comments. So she was like, this woman, <laughs> right? So she's private practice taking off. Um, let's see. She said, I had a private practice for years, but didn't focus on it as much as now. That's key, especially with finding profitability. Um, Tawana wanted to know what program did she take? Was it DTA? So the answer is no. So she was a gym in the rough. And what I mean by that is she, along with two other people, and that was it out of three out of what last year, it was 16 of y'all. And this it year, was 16 of us. Yeah. Last year. Out of the 16 last year and 20, well, I'm gonna say last year out of the mm-hmm. 16 last year, it was only three clinicians who were able to be accepted into our mastermind program. And it was because specifically those three were at that live event with me. So I was able to get to know their business in their face, literally for two days straight. We were together for almost 20 hours. Well, no, it was three days. So three days plus almost 10 hour days. Cause we ate together. Now that's a lot of time for me to get to know you. <laughs> Low key, I have my BFF with me. So I'm like, yep, you go yeah. to the table, uh-huh. know them. Uh-huh. You know, and she uh-huh. gave me a rundown, like, okay, they good. Uh-huh. They good. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the yep. mastermind. Yep. But mm-hmm. she was selected. And so I will be coming out with a, um, I might do a live about it. I know it's going to have a podcast with it. I will explain to people what the mastermind program is, who, would pre-qualify for it because you do have to pre-qualify for it. And spots are only based on who does not renew this year because the mastermind will be enhanced next year. That's all I'll say right now, right? Because I need to tell the mastermind students before I go out and tell the public, okay? And so she did not do DTA, but out of there, out of the 21 students that we have this year, um, what is it? 19 of them. No, wait, 18 of them, 18 out of the 21 all did DTA, just to give you an idea. Okay. But so you got to really look at what experience did Janelle come in with and what mindset did she come in with that made it acceptable for us to accept her in that program. Right. So let's see. Um, Okay. So there's, there's no more questions. So um, you told us where to find you. Everybody sees her simply redefining. So what I need everybody to do before we wrap up is you make sure that you head over to her Instagram, get in her DM and let her know what was your biggest takeaway. Okay. Because that is really key. I don't do these interviews just so I can do these interviews. It's Friday at 12 o'clock, three o'clock Eastern standard time. Okay. And so <laughs> do them to one, provide clinicians in our ecosystem and our programs, a platform to talk about their journey. Because that's what y'all want to know, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all want to hear from a coach. Y'all want to hear from people, right? But also, I like to highlight that the testimonials that y'all be seeing little snippets of on my page or a picture of it or a three-minute dancing YouTube video, you know what I'm saying? That is not the whole story. And you still only got 5% of it. So big announcement. Um, you're coming uh, to the conference. Um, and she will be sitting on the panel talking about group practice again, right? Um, so it's, but it'll be a different flow. If somebody was watching and they were contemplating coming to the Therapists Deserve Abundance Conference, what's something that you can leave them with today to make them be like, I should probably really go, though, even if I do live on the East Coast? Because we have, what, three months. So what can you share with them? I would say, are you okay sitting where you are right now? Like, are you okay where you are right now and it never, like, changing, never being, like, where your business is, your idea? Like, if you never did anything different and you were right where you are today, are you okay with that for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Look, and if you're not, you need to be there, right? And so I yeah. think 
part of that because there's so much that's going to be in the room and it's just a snippet of what we've experienced in any of TK's coaching programs. And I think being around the room with like-minded people that look like you, um, that will share the ups and the downs of being a business owner, of being a therapist, right? And be real, right? Because I think there is the glitz and glams of it and then there's the tears behind it and there's the frustrations and there's the, oh, we gotta do that again. <laughs> like, you know, all of the different pieces that come with it. And so if you're okay where you are right now and you you will be there for the rest of your life and you, you're like, it's great, then don't come, right? But for the rest of your life. <laughs> for the rest of your life. But if you are looking for a mindset shift, if you've been feeling stuck in your business, if you've been feeling like, I don't have support around me. I had another clinician say to me the other day, like, I need more to be around more Black clinicians. Like, this is your way of doing that. And guess what? It's We're not just in one location, right? It's beautiful for me to be like, I know clinicians literally all across the U.S., right? And so as clients move, right, as clients go different places, I'm like, okay, here, I we already know referrals. It's your inner network hub to consult about things. It's your inner network hub to really be able to build and know what products and resources are out there. It can also maybe spark something in you as well to like that you've been thinking about or maybe a project that you had on the back burner that you're like, yeah, it's been sitting there for the last year. You might pick it back up after coming to this conference. Yeah. And it's very interactive. I did want to add that. So sometimes I think when we think about <laughs> a therapist conference, I mean, I ain't gonna name no names like a program, but I mean, I've been to a lot of them before the pandemic and they're dry, they're stale. They're either telling you all the things you can't do or shouldn't do. Um, there's no interaction. You can't even bring your laptop. You know what I'm saying? You can't bring your iPad. You can't get up. And if you get up too long, you don't get your CEs. We do have PACEs available, right? But it's two full days. It's interactive. Um, it's gonna be guest speakers that are people in our program that are like keynote speakers. But then there's also going to be panelists of speakers that as Janelle had spoken to, we're going to be addressing the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we did not address everything on the um, podcast today, specifically because I want to create a safe space to talk about the ugly and the bad about becoming or remaining for some of y'all a business owner. Cause some people are ready to throw in a towel because you're working from home. You know, I'm in my little home office. It's cute, but it can be depressing at times. You know what I'm saying? When we've been stuck in here and then we chose to stay here. So we're going to be talking really about when it says therapists deserve abundance, we're going to be talking about the strong integration of you as a person, as a woman, as a man, and as a therapist, and as a business owner, as a mother, as a partner, you juggle all of these roles. You could be three roles in five minutes. And some of y'all burnt out, burnt. June and y'all already burnt. I don't know. I don't even want to see y'all in December. I don't know. I don't want to know like, what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? I'm being real. So we're going to spark some energy. You're going to get up out of your chair. You're going to go to a dry eraser like notepad. We're going to have fun. Oh, and you better bring your dancing shoes because we're going to have fun. But you will have something spark. Hands down. Okay. So if you want to learn more about it, head over to drtk.com forward slash TDA. If you want to ask me questions, let me put my number. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to just text me a question because you're thinking about coming, but you're not sure, um, FAQ number one, you can be pre-licensed to come. All right. Um, but 310-388-8603, just simply text me your question though. And more than likely, I'm going to send you a voice message back. I cannot receive voice messages back, but I can send you one. So be very detailed about your question. I will answer it. If you want to know more about DTA, that will be coming out within the next few weeks in terms of when the next open cohort is. The mastermind, you will hear more about that um, closer to the conference, to be honest. Um, but pay close attention. Because everything we talk about moving forward will start to bring up scalable business structure. Um, and you want to be profitable, right? Because you want to go on vacations. Where, where have you been this year, Janelle, as we close out to give some up? <laughs> where, where, where have I been this year? Um, we've been to Jamaica. We've been, we're actually getting ready to go to Costa Rica. And I'm going to, I'm going to Florida this month and Costa Rica next month. Just take me with you. You know what I'm saying? I got a passport. <laughs> <laughs> Therapists deserve vacations, all right? Yes, we do. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for coming to the podcast today. Definitely want to thank our guests. Make sure, remember to head over to her Instagram and show her some love. And also, if you are in the New York, 
and New Jersey and or New Jersey area and you want to um, engage with her for mental health and spirituality workshops, working with organizations and just mental health with families and individuals, make sure that you reach out to her, go to her website, check her out and her clinicians because that's why she got a group to spread the love. All right. Okay, everybody. So me and Janelle are going to stay on here for a little bit. But <laughs> y'all, I'll see y'all. Uh, have a great weekend. Okay. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, head over to drtk.com for additional abundant resources. And if you are looking for a tribe of abundant therapists like yourself to bounce around ideas and tap into another level of business growth abundance, be sure to join our Facebook community exclusively for therapists. The link is waiting for you at drtk.com. 